Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. So glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it, pray over it, allow it to transform our lives. You know, the Word of God is seen as like a seed, and if the seed is planted in good soil, it will sprout and bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. You know, some of us aren't yet like big developed trees. That's the vision I always want. Lord, make me like a mighty sycamore tree or a mighty oak tree with deep roots. Some of what we're learning and growing in might just be sprouting. It might just be the littlest bit that's coming forth, and it's a tender shoot. If so, be encouraged. Nurture it. If you see that in another person, be encouraged and nurture it. The seed has sprouted and is coming forth. In time, it'll grow into a a mighty tree, but it doesn't start there, and it doesn't happen overnight. Our growth happens bit by bit, just like a tree would grow. And so I'm encouraged to have you along with us today. As you get into the Word of God, I know it'll affect your life. I know it's affected my life. I want to talk about that today in the area of joy. Did you know that rejoicing is a choice. I learned this a number of years ago. I was talking with a friend of mine. Um, I mean, I've, I had learned it, but it, it, I was talking with a friend of mine about how we had been learning this. And he commented to me that he he was prone to periods of melancholy. He was prone to periods of somewhat discouragement. He was married, and his wife was an extremely sweet, compassionate person. And in the times of his downness and discouragement, she would often pamper him and, and, and show him compassion and be sweet to him. And he had to admit that it kind of felt good, that in spite of he didn't really like feeling down, he liked the way she treated him when he was. Well, one day he noticed she wasn't paying that much. He was down and she wasn't paying all that much more attention to him. And, and, and kept wondering what's going on. And he asked her finally, didn't you, do you realize I'm kind of discouraged? Yes. Well, how come you're not kind of giving me attention? She said, listen, that was then we've got three kids. Now I'm busy. You take care of yourself. Interesting point. He realized that when she wasn't going to give him that uh, attention, he snapped right out of it. He chose to rejoice and he got better right away. You can choose to rejoice. You see, Scripture commands this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. This is a commandment. Commandments can be obeyed. Now, I do, again, want to give a disclaimer here. This does not mean that, you know, you receive news of a good friend who died that you need to jump up and down and rejoice about it. That's not what this verse is saying. It doesn't mean that you hear of a terrible defeat that maybe we've had, someone who stumbled into sin or or a government that's persecuting people say that what happens in India or something of this nature, that you say, whoa, wow, that's awesome. Let's rejoice in it. It's not what it's saying. Grief, sadness, uh, these are genuine feelings. And God has grief. And God has sadness. And times God has anger. But in the midst of this, we also have a faith that enables us to see God is in control. God's will will be done. What he wants to do will be accomplished. And so in the midst of our sadness, in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our pain, we can also have hope 
and that hope can come forth as we learn how to rejoice, as we learn how to be authentic and real with what we're feeling, and yet say, even in the midst of this, even when others would feel down and discouraged and sad, I'm going to choose to to, to be rejoicing. There's a principle here in Scripture that's very, very important, and that is that obedience precedes feelings. Again, I'm talking less about when you receive some terrible news or something that's, that's, that's difficult. I'm talking more about our general practice. You know, some people, it's almost like they feel like the Christian life is to be, it's meant to be a one of sadness and downness and melancholy and discouragement and, and, and uh, you know, things of this nature. That, that this is real Christianity, to walk around with a sullen face and walk around like there's a cloud of heaviness weighed down by the sin of the world in which we live. Certainly, sin bothers us. But our God has given us a victory. In the midst of this, the kingdom of God has come and is growing. Oh, sure, the world, we live in a dark world, and we stand out as lights in the midst of this darkness, but the but but God is winning. God is winning, and we've got to see that. We don't walk around discouraged because it looks like the world's winning. Sometimes it does. But if you think the world's winning, that's a short-sighted victory. That's a short-sighted seeing. It's not, it's not seeing the greatest victory ever won was at the cross. Jesus has disarmed the enemy. Jesus has defeated the enemy, the enemy of death. Jesus is now disarmed Satan and his whole demonic legion. Jesus has gained the victory, and we walk in that victory no matter what it looks like in the world and no matter what it looks like where evil seems to be prevailing. We know that it won't. We're not just deceiving ourselves. We are walking by faith. We're walking not by what we see, but by what we know has been accomplished in the spiritual realm, and we are called to go take that ground. You know, when, it, when, when, um, when the Jews came into the promised land, God says it's your land, but you got to go get it. And they were surprised when the Canaanites and the folks at Jericho and the, you know, all these different people said, no, we're going to hold on to this land. And they don't be surprised at that. Don't be surprised when they had to go take what God had promised them. And likewise with us, God has promised us a victory. But we've got to go take it. God has promised victory over evil and over the devil, but we've got to go take it. And so that's why we can rejoice even when it looks like the other side has made progress. Sometimes it does, but we rejoice anyway. Obedience precedes feelings. This is important to understand. We know it in general life. You know, you you don't feel like getting up in the morning, going to work. You do, and you're glad you did. You don't feel like doing your homework. You do, and you're glad you did. You don't feel like working out. You do, and you're glad you did. You, all kinds of times when, when we, we overcome our feelings and do the right thing, then our feelings follow, those feelings of goodness follow. They don't precede right choices. Likewise with rejoicing. Rejoicing leads to feeling joyful. That's the point. If you choose to rejoice, the feelings follow. 
if you wait until you feel joyful, lots of times you don't end around, get around to rejoicing. Now, again, you can receive some good news and feel good about it and choose to rejoice. I'm talking about here in general life, in general life, that we have this positive disposition. You know, when Paul wrote this, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I'll say rejoice. Do you realize he was writing this from prison? That's right. He was in a Roman prison when he wrote this. It wasn't, uh, he didn't have his freedom. I don't know if the circumstances were terrible. Like I imagine some of those prisons were really bad. I don't know all of what Paul's position uh, situation was like, but I can't imagine it was a good one. I can't imagine it felt positive. I can't imagine that in the flesh he liked it. He does tell us in earlier in the book of Philippians that his circumstances, as bad as they were, turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, and that made him happy. He was glad more people were preaching the gospel because he couldn't be. He was stuck in prison. But he was in prison when he said to rejoice always. And I imagine that Paul realized his circumstance was not a good one. He probably didn't like it, but he said, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to rejoice even in this time and and because there's some things I can't change. I wish I could just walk out of this prison. I can't, but I can choose my attitude in the midst of it. My friends, obedience precedes feelings. This is one of the most important lessons we learn in life. Rejoicing will lead to feeling joyful. So let me give you a couple of ways I help me rejoice. Number one, I give thanks in times when I don't feel, you know, like I don't feel that I feel kind of blah. And I feel that way at times. I feel kind of down, a little bit discouraged, just lacking energy, lacking like go uh, hard to go for it. I choose to give thanks. And we've talked here before, but I want to encourage you again. How many things can you thank God for? Can you think of five things to thank God for? Ten? 15, 20. You know, when I was uh, back before I got married, I had a roommate and he would wake up in the morning and the first thing he'd do is hit his knees and he'd give thanks to God for 100 things. 100 things. Whoa, can you do that? This was a guy who was naturally quite melancholy. This was a guy who was naturally quite kind of not very a positive person. And he realized that giving thanks would help. And so every morning he got on his knees, 100 things he would thank God for. You might start with five or 10 or 15 or 20 and see what a difference it would make in your life and your thinking. Turn your attitude from one of seeing fault or finding complaints or grumbling to being thankful to God and grateful to God and letting this thankfulness permeate your thinking, and you'll find that making that choice will cause your joy to go up dramatically. There's another thing you can do. In Proverbs 29, 6, it says, the righteous sings and rejoices. That's right. I think God has given us music as a way to be encouraged. Now, there are some songs that are kind of, you know, like funeral dirge type songs. I'm not saying sing like that. If you need to rejoice, have some praise songs. I've got some favorites. I've got some old hymns that I sing that are majestic, thankful, praise, honoring to God. 
And it just seems like whenever I sing these songs, praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise him for he is thy health and salvation. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do. These songs that, are, that, that can just lift our spirits, have some in your repertoire. Have some go-to songs that when you need, you're just feeling blah and you need to feel more joyful, you know where to go. You've got something you can sing, something that you, by the way, you don't just think about it. I didn't say just think about it. I said sing it. The righteous sings and rejoices. And I didn't say just turn on the radio and listen to someone else sing about it or turn on, you know, listen to your Spotify or whatever and listen to someone else sing about it. With my mouth, I will praise the Lord. The psalmist said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's with our lips that we offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And praise can make all the difference. It can change your attitude. It changes your outlook. It reminds you. It gets your eyes off yourself and your problems. And it gets your eyes onto the Lord. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And then I would say this. In Proverbs eleven twenty five, it says, He who waters will himself be watered. Do you need to be encouraged? Go encourage somebody else. Do you need to be loved? Go love somebody else. Do you need to feel better about life? Go help someone else who's in a worse situation than you and help them have some hope. You'll be surprised how if you water the soul of another, God will water you. I can't tell you how many times I've come down here, and I do this first thing in the morning. If you're here live with me, you you know that. But how many times I've come down, and I'm not feeling discouraged, but I'm just not feeling that energetic. I'm kind of neutral. How many times I come down and doing this video and encouraging you and sharing the word with you and having you in my mind and looking in the chat here and who's there and saying, Lord, help me to encourage them. And after I'm done, I just I'm in my basement. I bound up the stairs and talked to my wife, and I'm just filled with enthusiasm. Why? Because I encouraged another, and God encouraged me. He who waters will himself be watered. Help another, help lift up another, and God will lift up you. Three principles here that you do them, it'll help you overcome that blah feeling and walk in the rejo rejoicing God has for us. Amen? Father in heaven, we thank you for the victory you've given us. We thank you that you say we'll take the land. We thank you for the promises you give us. Let this be our North Star. Let Jesus be the one on whom we fix our, our gaze, turn our face upon him. Fill us with praise, thanksgiving. Help us to be people who don't simply focus on our problems but help someone else overcome theirs. Help us, Lord, to water other souls. And in the process, we know you will water us. We thank you. You've given us reason to rejoice. We thank you. You've given a reason to, reason to praise you. But sometimes, Lord, it's difficult choice to make. Help us, we pray, to make the choice to rejoice, knowing that when we do, you will fill us with more and more joy. We give you this very day. We pray, Lord, that on this day, help us to walk with a pep in our step, stand up straight and tall, put a smile on our face, and say, our God reigns. Our God reigns. 
And that's why we're walking in victory today. We bless you and pray you now in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Do it. Praise Him with your lips, with your mouth. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, if you're new, welcome. I hope you'll join our community. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. All of you like the video on the way out. It helps our placement on the YouTube page for others. Share with your friends. Let's grow our community. We all, you know, I'm, I, I'm so glad for every person who comes here. But sometimes I think, Lord, are there not thousands and thousands and thousands of people who need, of believers who need to hear your word every day and be encouraged? I know there are. I know there are. Let's share this with others and invite them to make this commitment. Come here day by day. We'll sow the seed. It'll sprout. And let's grow into a mighty orchard of mighty trees, strong in the Lord. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.